Welcome to Are You Ready with your Bible teacher, College Corlo. What's happening in the world? Let's look at the Bible. Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to Are You Ready on a nice, wonderful afternoon here, special time. And I want to welcome all of you who are watching around the world. Thank you for joining us. If uh, at this time you've never subscribed, please subscribe to Are You Ready? Click notification and share this video with as many people as possible. We have very special guests this afternoon, Nathan Jones. And uh, we're going to be talking a lot of, uh, in a moment, he'll introduce himself. And I, I want you to pay attention. We're going to cover today, I haven't done a lot of things like this before. I covered parts of it uh, along throughout the, the, the years I've been doing uh, the Are You Ready? But we're going to go into specifics when it comes to the last days. So if you have any question, you can put it on here on the chat. I have quite a few questions for him. Maybe some of the questions that I asked you, you were thinking of those. So uh, we're going to get started. Uh, let's drink. I like to drink. Sometimes I drink water. Today I'm drinking a little coffee because it's in the afternoon. Salute to all of you. Welcome. All right. Let's pray. Heavenly, <clears throat> Heavenly Father, we thank you and we praise you. We ask, Holy Spirit, that you direct everything we say. Everything that Brother Nathan says that we, I say, Father, that it will bring you glory and it will bring you honor. We thank you, Holy Spirit, that everybody, Father, who are watching today will open their hearts to listen, to pay attention, and then to share it with other people that may not know the Lord, that they will come to know Christ. We thank you and we praise you this wonderful day. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Praise God. Well, like I said, everybody, we have a very special guest with us, uh, Nathan uh, Jones. He's from Lamb and Lion Ministries. I was glad that he was. He said yes to be on the program, and we're very honored to have him with us. And before we get to all the questions we got, I would like him to introduce himself, let people know here on Are You Ready, who you are, what is your ministry, what you're doing. So well, Nathan, sure. My name's uh, Nathan Jones. I'm the uh, internet evangelist here at Lamb and Lion Ministries. We're a Bible prophecy teaching ministry, and our mission is to proclaim the soon return of Jesus Christ. Uh, our ministry does that in a lot of different ways, primarily through our television program, which is called Christ in Prophecy. It's uh, yes. now airing on its, its 19th season. Uh, Dr. David Reagan was the founder of this ministry and uh, lead host on the program. Uh, he retired this year. And uh, Colonel Tim Moore is now our new executive director, and he and I uh, co-host our television program. My pulpit tends primarily to be the Internet. Of course, I speak in conferences and churches and all. But uh, we uh, want you to check us out at ChristInProphecy.org. We have a wealth of Bible teaching information, videos, articles, resources, social media, and a newsletter you can sign up for. We want to help you get excited about the soon return of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Praise be to God. We're, we always say, Maranatha, come Lord Jesus. Amen. Yes. Praise God. Once again, thank you for being on our program. All Glad right. Let's get started. 
Uh, and one of the things that every time I invite them, I've invited people to talk about asteroids, volcanoes, nuclear weapons, and all that kind of thing. And uh, today, we're going to talk about the basics of the last days. And uh, and for some of you who are watching, say, well, I already know that. Great. I'm glad you do. But there may be those who don't. And those are the ones, and, and if you do know this information that he's going to share, please give it to those who don't. Because we are living in those last days. Before he gets started, I did want to read this one verse. In 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1. But know this, that in the last days, perilous times will come. And I'm, I believe that most of you would agree we are in perilous times. All right, let's get started. One of the first questions I would like to ask you is, and people have this wonder, they hear this word, Unless you're a, a Bible, you know, student, you wouldn't know. What is the word, what does it mean, the word eschatology? Eschatology. Well, that, that's a good question. It's, it's actually a term for a doctrine. A doctrine is a, a system of beliefs uh, concerning a theology, like the, in the Bible, for instance. Soteriology is the study of, of salvation. Hey, martyology is the study of sin. Well, big words, big theological words, eschatology is simply the study of end times, the study of Bible prophecy. So uh, for instance, it's uh, the study of like how God's plan for the universe is gonna unfold. Uh, God in 27 to 31% of the Bible tells us what the future is because he wants us to get excited about yeah. his victory because his victory is our victory as well. Uh, there's two aspects to eschatology, the prophets of old, were foretellers, they foretold the future, but they also foretold, they warned society of what's to come so society and individuals would repent and return to God. So that's the two aspects of eschatology. Very good. Couldn't have said it better. That was very good. Thank you. Okay. Another question, the next one is, when, when do you believe the last days began? Well, as soon as the church age started, uh, you could read the apostles. They talked a lot about we are in the last days. Uh, so for the last 2,000 years, we've been technically in the last days. Uh, the, the church age, which is from Pentecost to the rapture of the church, uh, is a time period that, that the Bible interestingly calls the last days because it's the last days of the 6,000 years of human history leading up to the return of Jesus Christ and the setting up of his millennial kingdom. So I believe Amen. that we're living in the last of the last days. Amen. I agree with, totally with you that we are in the last of the last days. That's what most people are saying. Now, now that we talked what basics, what you know, eschatology, and the what we agree that we're in the last days. What do you believe are some of the signs of the last days? Well, Luke 21, uh, the apostles, it's also paralleled in Matthew 24 and Mark 13, as the apostles went up to Jesus and they asked that very question. And Jesus gave 10 signs to look out for. And he said they'd increase in frequency and intensity like birth pains the closer he got. So, for instance, the number one that he said is false prophets and false Christs. Mm -hmm. In fact, he says that three times, showing yes. it's the most obvious sign. Uh, I went on a cult-watching uh, website, Watchman Fellowship. There are 1,200 different religions and 500 cults just in the United States alone. Wow. So increasing in frequency and intensity, 
the closer we get to his return. He also said wars and rumors of wars. Uh, we've always had wars in human history, but they would increase in frequency and intensity the closer yeah. we got to his return. He said there'd be famines, pestilence, plagues, great signs in the sky, fearful events, the persecution of Christians, also the spreading of the gospel, that's a positive one, and the world's focus on Israel, especially who controls Jerusalem, would all be signs that would point to the soon return of Jesus Christ. They're the birth pains that Jesus said that would let us know that his time is coming soon to come back and set up his kingdom. Amen. That's it. Amen. Praise God. Praise mm -hmm. God. Now, I'm about to ask you the next thing. Now, there, there are, there's a lot of opposing uh, views. Some uh, regard the following thing I want to mention. Say, well, that's not scripture. That That is not in the Bible. Uh, that was made up by somebody back in the 1800s, had some sort of dream. And so that's not really true. What would you say? What is the rapture? And, and of course, if you could talk about what the different views that people have on the rapture. Oh, absolutely. Well, the rapture is uh, definitely a biblical term. Matter of fact, you could first find it in Jesus in John 14, 1 through 4. He said, I will come again and receive you to myself, and where I am, there you may be also. So the rapture is a biblical teaching. It's a teaching that Jesus gave that he's going to come back one day soon and take his followers, his children, which we call the church. If you're saved, you're a member of the church. Yes. And he's going to take his bride, another word he calls it, up to heaven before he pours his wrath upon the world. Uh, yes. You can actually find the most detailed revelation of the events in 1 Thessalonians 4, 13 through 18. Jesus says, when he appears, the dead in Christ, in other words, those who have died during the church age, will be resurrected and caught up first. Then those who are alive in Christ, in other words, if the rapture happened right now and you're yes. saved, you would be translated to meet the Lord in the air. So it's not a return of Jesus to this earth. He stops midway and he brings the church up to him. Yes. You can also read in 1 Corinthians 15, it says, Behold, I will tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we all shall be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye at the last trumpet. So here we're told that as Christians, uh, we will be experience the resurrection. Our earthly bodies will be transformed into our eternal uh, future bodies. In other words, they're, they're solid, they're tangible, they're recognizable. But then mm -hmm. we will go up with Jesus to heaven. Uh, we will celebrate the marriage supper of the Lamb, a great celebration. Yes. We will receive the judgment of the just, which are the rewards for the work the Holy Spirit did through us. And then we'll prepare to return with Christ at the end of the tribulation and watch Jesus return and defeat evil and set up his kingdom. Uh, you can go and actually find, you know, people say, well, the, the word rapture is not in the Bible. Rapture means to be caught up. Uh, if you go to 1 Thessalonians 4, 17, where it says uh, caught up or to snatch up the verses, after that, we are still alive and are left, will be caught up, raptured up together within the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And thus we will be with the Lord forever. So Amen. caught up in the original uh, Greek is harpazo. And when the Bible was translated into Latin, it became rapio, and then transliterated in English, it's rapture. So if you're looking mm -hmm. for the word rapture, you're not going to find it uh, in English, but you will find it in Latin and Greek, and it points to caught up. So it's easier, instead of saying to be snatched up or caught up, just to be, say, rapture. Amen. 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 Absolutely. 
I, I believe in until you do. We believe in the imminent return because the rapture can happen at any moment. While we're having this program, oh yeah, the rapture could occur. Absolutely. It's a where did they go? Well, I hope whoever says where did they go, they didn't come with us. That's <laughs> they, very true. They left Pete and left behind. Okay. Now you you covered a lot of stuff. One of the things you mentioned is those seven years of tribulation. If you could, uh, people, some people, again, there's a lot of uh, beliefs, uh, whether there's, we talked about the rapture, but whether there is ever going to be a tribulation. Some people believe, I know, I've heard them, that we are in the tribulation period already. Uh, what, when, will the, when do you believe the tribulation period will begin what will happen? What are some of the things that will happen? That's a lot. Of, we can little by little get through that one. When do you think the tribulation will occur? Begin the seven years. Why seven? Because people say why seven? Why not eight? Why not ten? Uh, and then what are some of the things that may happen during the tribulation period? Okay. Well, let, let's first. Uh, there, there's different views of when the rapture will happen as it relates to the tribulation. Uh, here at Lamb and Lion Ministries, we believe in a pre-tribulation rapture. In other words, that the Lord, even though he's promised his followers, will have little t tribulations, of course, from following Jesus and living in a fallen world, the persecution of the saints, but not the big T, capital T, the event, the tribulation. Uh, we know it's seven years because Daniel's 70th year prophecy told us exactly how long it would be. Not in 365 day years, but 360 day years or two segments of 42 months. Uh, we know exactly to the day uh, when it would begin and end. We just don't know the starting date because like you said, with the rapture of the church, we don't know when that's gonna be because the Lord said that we cannot know the day or hour. But he did say this and he promised this in quite a number of verses that the church is never meant to endure his wrath. Think of his wrath like the flood. Noah and his family were taken out of the flood while God brought his wrath down around the unbelieving and, and rebellious world. Likewise, he promised a second judgment like the flood, and that's called the tribulation, the seven-year tribulation. Yeah. We're promised, say, in, in Revelation 3.10, since you have kept my command to endure patiently, I will also keep you from the hour of trial that is going to come upon the whole world to test those who live on the earth. Uh, we go to 1 Thessalonians 1.10, and to wait from his son from heaven who raised from the dead Jesus who rescues us from the coming wrath. Uh, we can look at 1 Thessalonians 5, 9. For God did not appoint us to suffer wrath, but to receive salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. Romans 5, 9. Since we have now been justified by his blood, how much more shall we be saved from God's wrath through him? We can also look at Ephesians 5, 6 and Colossians 3, 4 and other verses. They all are promises of God that those who follow him, the church, are not meant to suffer his wrath. We will suffer the wrath of man. We'll suffer the wrath of Satan in a fallen world. But when the tribulation begins, it'll begin when the Antichrist, this one world leader, will confirm a covenant, a peace covenant with Israel. And so since that hasn't happened yet, we know the tribulation hasn't happened yet. And uh, we're still waiting for the rapture to happen before that. But like we said earlier, the signs of the times are so prolific right now. We know yes. we're getting very close to that time period. Yes, I, I totally agree. We are, I, I mean, every believer, I think in their spirit, the Holy Spirit is telling them, 
it's it's getting close. We just sense this something that the, the Lord is coming for them. Hallelujah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it makes you shout, right? Glory to God. Glory yeah. to God. Uh, now you uh, you mentioned the seven years. Yeah, I think we'll get to that one. Because I, I do want to ask you about the uh, yeah, we'll get to the Antichrist. Uh okay. Will God, and I think that's one of the, the seven years, God will bring judgment on the earth. Because, you know, one of the things a lot of people will say is that God is a loving God. And he is. God is a loving God, but the, the other part of it, God is a just God. And uh, what, what are some of the, uh, the question would be, will God bring judgment on this earth? I know he will, but I want you to, let people know, will God bring judgment on this earth? Oh, absolutely. Uh, the whole book of Revelation uh, from chapters 5 all the way up to 19 talk about God's judgment upon the earth. And then uh, Revelation 20 talks about the great white throne judgment, the final judgment of all time. Uh, God is a loving God, but he's also a righteous God. He's a just mm -hmm. judge. You'd want both because if sin was never punished, then we would never get justice for all the wrongs done against us and that we've done against other people and certainly that we've done against him because that's what sin is. Uh, sin isn't something tangible. It's a heart of rebellion against our creator. And so uh, that is uh, worthy of death. As a matter of fact, it's, the Bible says that the hell was created for Satan and his angels and when they rebelled against God and then when mankind rebelled, we fell under that same judgment. And so we need a savior to save us from our sins and uh, he will judge us one day. Now, if you're saved, then your sins are washed clean. Uh, the blood of Jesus Christ has purified you. And when you stand before the Lord one day after the rapture, you're going to be up in heaven and you will be judged not for your salvation because that's already been done by Jesus Christ, but for the good works that the Lord did through you, why you were here on this earth. And the Bible Amen. talks about all sorts of rewards. It talks about, um, certain robes, brand new names, uh, different types of crowns, different types of authorities. Uh, we get to co-rule with Jesus in his kingdom, both in the millennial kingdom and whatever that looks like in the eternal state. So uh, the works we do now are the treasures that Jesus said that we're storing up in heaven. So everything we do for the Lord with the right motive and, and uh, we are doing for his kingdom, uh, there is a reward system. Now, if you haven't accept Jesus as your Savior, your sins remain unforgiven. John 3.36 says the wrath of God still abides on you. And so therefore, you will stand before God one day, and he will judge you based on your works. But if you haven't done the only work that matters, which is accepting Jesus Christ as your Savior, your sins aren't forgiven, you're still in rebellion against him, and the only punishment for that is death and hell. And that's mm -hmm. what the white throne judgment at the end of, of time so uh yes god is a just judge he's a perfect judge we want to judge otherwise uh evil would run rampant without any kind of yeah. recompense that's very good excellent thank you very much all right during you mentioned during the seven years of tribulation there's going now a lot of people have spoke throughout history a lot of people have said who is i've asked who is the antichrist Back in history, had some people thought well, the Adolf Hitler may have been Antichrist. A lot of people have had different views who could have been or could be the Antichrist. 
and I know you mentioned it in your one of the, the statements that, that he will make, an, 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 and I want you to go over it again, that peace treaty that he's going to sign. What, who, who do you think it may be? What kind of an individual will the Antichrist be? Can you explain what, who is this individual that's going to come into the scene in history? Sure, sure. Well, uh, the Apostle John uh, prophesied, he, that's where the word Antichrist come from. He's anti-Jesus. He is the complete opposite. Uh, he said even then that there were Antichrists in the world. So we know that uh, Satan doesn't know the future other than what the Bible tells him. And so he's always had, I think, an Antichrist in the wings, all the way back from the first century to today. Uh, various men rise to power, and Satan hopes that uh, his goal you can read in Isaiah, his goal is that he wants the world to worship him and he wants to rule over the earth. He continues to try to achieve that, but he has to do it. These are uh, the, their spirits of the air, as the Bible says, disembodied. They need to possess people. And so we know this Antichrist will be possessed by Satan. Uh, Hitler could have been an Antichrist if he had taken over the world. But we haven't reached the Antichrist the Bible has prophesied, the one that we know, and especially it's uh, Revelation 13, it's called the Beast that the beast will come and he will achieve what Satan's long tried to achieve for thousands of years. He will get the world to uh, give him the power he wants through crisis, especially during the tribulation. And he will rise to world power. We're hearing all over the world even now, this call for a global government, especially yeah. with the pandemic going on. And uh, so this cry for global government with him at the rulership, and then he will want the world to worship him. So, Halfway into this tribulation, again, Daniel prophesied that this seven-year tribulation will be the time period that the Antichrist will rule, and then he will set himself up to be worshipped. The Jews will rebuild the temple in Israel, and he will go in it and desecrate it and set himself up to be worshipped. And if you don't worship him, then you will be killed. So uh, this is pretty serious stuff that we're looking at here. I think a modern examples is every time a a party leader rises to supreme power, they want to be worshipped. Look at uh, Kim Jong-un in North Korea. Yep. The whole country has to worship him. Yep. Xi Jinping recently has declared mm. himself head of the Communist Party for Life in China. Yep. And he's putting pictures of himself in the churches. Uh, the, these people, the power goes to their heads. They're all yes. potential antichrist. But, but Carlos, we're not going to know who the antichrist is. Uh, he arises after the rapture of the church. Correct. We'll know when we come back to Jesus and see Jesus defeat him just by speaking a word. Uh, but this idea of trying to pin the tail on the Antichrist, it just can't be done in this time period. We don't know yet. Exactly. exactly. I, I totally agree. Uh, now, you mentioned, and before we go to the next question, uh, you mentioned Israel, the rebuilding of the temple, the third temple. And if you could briefly, because I like to cover history too on, on this program, explain to the to our audience uh, the 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 three temples. How the, there's been two, explain the and then how you believe there could be possibly there will be according to the Bible a third temple. Can you go through that briefly? Absolutely, and I'll even tell you there'll be a fourth and a fifth temple. Interestingly, according to prophecy. Mm -hmm. Of course, the, the started off with the tabernacle. It was a tent for hundreds of years. The Jewish people kept the Ark of the Covenant in the tent in the Holy of Holies, and the yes. Shekinah glory of God rested over that. And uh, But uh, King Solomon was tasked by God to make the first temple in Jerusalem, where the, God is 
it, let's go back a little bit here. In the Garden of Eden, God walked and talked and fellowshiped with Adam and Eve. They had a perfect yeah. relationship. And all of human history is about getting us back to that condition again, where the believing rem remnant walks and talks and has fellowship with God again. So through time, he's, he's allowed part of himself to be with mankind, first with the Jewish people at the first temple that was destroyed by the Babylonians in 586 B.C., uh, it was rebuilt later under, um, uh, uh, sorry, uh, Zechariah Haggai. And they returned. And I was uh, Zerubbabel. Sorry, that was the Zerubbabel. name. Zerubbabel. Correct. Yeah, Zerubbabel. And then Herod expanded it to the time where you saw when Jesus came that it was the second temple. Um, but that temple was destroyed in 70 AD by the Romans. And But we read in Revelation 13 that the Antichrist is going to desecrate this temple so we know that the jewish people will rebuild the temple back on the temple mount one day the temple institute has built everything they need and assembled uh, all the equipment they've got priests trained uh, they're ready to do sacrifices they've got a high priest uh, they're ready to go as soon as that dome of the rock is off the temple mount uh, they'll rebuild the temple in the tribulation time period and that will be the third temple it won't last very long because Again, halfway into the tribulation, the Antichrist will come in, will desecrate it, and will set himself up to be worshipped in it. It will be destroyed by the end of the tribulation. And we read in Ezekiel chapters 40 through 48, and also in the book of Zechariah, that uh, Jesus is going to build a new millennial temple where he lives. And the people can go and see Jesus, and they'll travel to Jerusalem at least once a year. At the end of that millennial kingdom, uh, heaven will come down to a new earth. It's called the New Jerusalem, and that's mm -hmm. the fifth temple. That's God's house. God the Father is again dwelling with man. We've come full circle to eat it once more. Wow. Awesome. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Now, let me ask you, regarding the, the agreement uh, to get the temple built, I was always, I'm always thinking, how are they going to get uh, just, you know, hypothetical, uh, get the Israel and the Arabs to agree to for them to let them build. What do you think? What what could transpire to some sort of agreement? I know that under uh, uh, President Trump, there was the uh, Abrahamic Accords. That was, the, I don't know, that was the beginnings towards something. Uh, but what do you think, what, what could be done to bring these two together to, to, for them? Because if anybody suggested it at this moment, there'll be riots on the Temple Mount. I mean, they were all over Jerusalem. So that idea that something has to happen. What do you think? Well, there's been riots all over the Temple Mount for the last week. So yes, it's very volatile. The Jewish people could never build a temple under the current condition. As long as 60 million uh, surrounding Muslims want to kill his, the Jewish people and wipe them off the face of the planet, there's no temple that's going to be built up there. Uh, mm -hmm. What we do read is uh, Ezekiel 38 and 39, how a coalition of Islamic nations at some point will join together with Russia as their lead, and they will come down and attempt to pillage Israel and destroy it. And uh, the Bible says that God supernaturally steps in, so I think this is an event after the rapture. It's called the Gog and Magog War. And God brings fire down and destroys the nations of these countries. We know that it names the countries. They're old names, but they're modern ones. We know it's Iran and Turkey, mm -hmm. all those stand nations, 
Libya and the Sudan, led by Russia, and uh, they will come and try to destroy Israel. That that coalition of nations already exists. Uh, yes. They've been working in the background and training and doing military exercises. So what once were enemies are now working together. We know at some point they'll turn on Israel and want to destroy her. And uh, then when God destroys and breaks the back of Russia and the Islamic world, I think that is what's going to give Israel the ability with no threat of Islam to attack them anymore. They can feel feel to build the temple. Also, the Antichrist confirms a covenant with Israel, a covenant of protection. It could be that the Antichrist is saying, hey, my growing empire out of the EU will protect Israel. Or he could be saying, hey, I want to be protected from Israel, which is now a superpower while I go conquer the world. The Bible doesn't say, but either way, it's a peace covenant that kicks off, starts the countdown of the seven-year tribulation. So either of those or both of those working in tandem should give Israel the ability to build again on the Temple Mount and set up their temple. We know that's a, it's going to happen. The Bible Bible prophecy is 100% accurate. 100% always happens. So we know that at some point, the Jewish people, and at some point soon, I believe, are going to rebuild the, the temple called the Third Temple, but it won't last very long. And then, uh, and I know that they are ready, like you said originally, they, they are ready to go. They just need the green light to do it. So they got everything to build it. All right. Now, oh, here, this one. Now, you mentioned the Antichrist. And we talked about him. But now, very important thing. This is something a lot of people talk about. I've done programs on this. The Mark of the Beast. Um, uh, and I just did a, a video on the technologies that exist. I did it on Tuesday. Technologies that exist that can lead to what is going to be done by the, by the Antichrist. Um, how do you think he will bring this about, uh, the mark of the beast, his mark? What is it, if you could explain that to the audience? Sure, sure. Uh, well, you'd have to go to Revelation chapter 13, verse 16. Uh, we know the Antichrist is the, the one world ruler who will rise to power, but he'll also have a false prophet a PR man, so to speak, a high priest that will lead the world into religious worship of the Antichrist. He does it by setting up this image. A, it's called a living image. We don't know what that is. Could be a, a it's just a broadcast on a television. Could be a robot, a hologram. We don't know, but just like the story in Daniel 2, where Nebuchadnezzar, uh, excuse me, where Nebuchadnezzar, Daniel 4, where Nebuchadnezzar built a statue of himself and had the world worship it, the Antichrist will do the same thing. He will wants the world, Satan through the Antichrist wants the worship of man. And so he'll set up the statue or whatever it will be that the world will have to worship periodically. Yes. He will also, through the false prophet, verse 16 reads, he causes all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and slave, to receive a mark on their right hand or on their foreheads that no one may buy or sell except one who has the mark or the excuse me, name of the beast or the number of his name. Here is wisdom. Let him understand who understands and calculates the number of the beast, for it is the number of man. His number is 666. That's one of the great mysteries of the Bible. Nobody knows what 666 means other than uh, for God, that his number is seven, perfection. Six is man, it's lesser. And so this will be the, the world ruler who will require a mark to be. Now, John says it's epi, it means on. So they'll be visible on the hand or the forehead. Uh, so mm -hmm. it's like um, getting a tattoo or something that, that has his name. or 
and people look at you and say, well, you don't have it. I, I can't sell to you. Uh, I think our cancel culture today is is really showing how that works. If, if they don't like right. you, they cancel you. They try to destroy you financially. They, they remove right. your jobs. Uh, we're seeing that with um, people who are not getting vaccinated. You know, they're losing their jobs. And, and that's just going to compound when we get to the tribulation. Now, I, I don't want to say the mark of the beast is the vaccine or anything like that. Obviously not. No, the vaccine is initiated. Excuse me, the mark of the beast is initiated three and a half years into the tribulation. Tribulation. Well, after the church is raptured out of here, so there's no way that anybody today can get the mark of the beast. I think right. what we're seeing in society today, though, is a ramp up, a test run of what the mark of the beast will become. I, I think the best example of the mark of the beast right now is China's social credit score. So in mm. China. Millions of cameras are recording everything everybody does I've and seen then that. rating them based on how loyal they are to the government. Mm -hmm. So you'll get a social credit score, kind of like a, um, a financial score, a, a, a credit score, and it'll judge you. Now, the more loyal you are to the government, the more freedoms China gives their people. The less loyal they are, in other words, if you're a reporter routing something out or showing the apostasy coming out of the government and the hypocrisy, well, then you get limited uh, opportunities, limited privileges. You can't travel. You can't buy in all places. You're restricted. And that system is being bought up by countries all over the world. So with the constant monitoring technology out there, constantly rating us, and uh, then finally confirming it, the Bible says those who get the mark of the beast have no chance of salvation afterward. That's it. They, they, they declared their loyalty to Satan. Nobody's going to be tricked into taking the mark. Uh, by this point in the tribulation, everybody will have been given the gospel by the 144,000 Jewish evangelists, the yes. two witnesses, the gospel angel, God's judgments. They're all meant to bring the world to choose God or Satan. So those who choose the mark have clearly chosen Satan. They don't have any opportunity for salvation. And during the bold judgments, they break out on terrible sores. So some yes. have wondered, well, maybe the system, there's a technology involved. Maybe the ink is magnetic and it can be scanned. Maybe uh, there's a microchip or a tracking device underneath it. It's possible the Bible doesn't say. It clearly has to be a cashless society to control, yes. to cut off people's uh, money. And so we know there is a technology. We live in an e-commerce world right now, so yes. the technology is, is already there for the mark of the beast. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. One of the, one of the videos I've done it, uh, I know Amazon has been working on this technology. I don't know if you've seen it. Uh, they call Amazon One, in which they use the palm print. And I and I, when I saw that, I said, "Boy, can we get any closer?" I mean, yeah. <laughs> so I mean, it, it, it's it's. I mean, the the so the technology does exist. And when the Antichrist asks for it to be done, it will be there for him to do it, correct? Oh, absolutely. We're seeing that uh, Sweden plans to be totally cashless by 2023. They're yeah, having uh, quite a number of their people chipped. They put a little chip in the, the hand and they can wave it in front of doors and open doors or, or scan their money. Uh, mm -hmm. We know that uh, cash is being forced out. Uh, oh, look, it's got germs on it. We got to get rid of it. And so yeah. uh, everything's going digital now. That's the convenient thing about digital is that you can use it all the time. But at the same time, if a government entity or a tech, as we saw during the last election, wants to shut you off, it's a flip of a button and you're disconnected from your finances. So, right. oh, yeah, obviously, Carlos, the technology is 
is so there for the mark of the beast system. Uh, but again, I, I, Christians really panic about this, and this has nothing to do with the church age. We will exactly. be out before the mark is instituted. But we can clearly see today that the mark system is is, is possible. It, the technology is is already there. So anything that we're seeing today is just a precursor to what's coming, just a Absolutely. foreshadow. Absolutely. Right. Let's keep going. Um, we talked about that. Okay. One of the one of the things I want to talk about is about the the second coming. Uh, what are some of the things that you believe you, you you talked about? If you can go over it again, we talked about the rapture, talked about the antichrist, his his control, the mark of the beast, and then the second coming. What are come? What are the, some of the things? What will happen at the second coming? What are the, what's going to transpire? What's going to be happening here on earth? And who is coming? For those who are wondering, if you could explain. Well, bear in mind, let's look at the first coming. 300 general prophecies in the Old Testament, 109 specific prophecies about the first coming of Jesus. And right. every single one of them came true, which is statistically impossible. Mathematician Peter Stoner calculated just eight of those 109 prophecies being fulfilled in the life of one man was equivalent to one in 10 to the 17th power. That's one followed by 17 zeros. Uh, you'd have to be divine. You'd have to be God for that to happen. And mm. Jesus Christ happened. Well, mm. as many as that is, when it comes to the second coming, there are 500 general prophecies and one in every 25 verses in the New Testament talk about Jesus's second coming. So even more so, the second coming is prophesied more than the first coming. Mm. Uh, and we know that it happens at the end of the, the last days. It happens at, connected to the tribulation. Uh, so we know we're getting close based on the signs yes. Jesus gave us. And what yes. it would be is it would be seven years of tribulation where 21 judgments of God are poured out on the world, not only to, to punish the world and the evil in it, but to bring people to repentance. Sometimes life has to get really hard before people will turn to Jesus. And that's what the tribulation does. Now, at the end of that, the very end, the last day of the tribulation, Jesus Christ will come out of heaven and he will be followed by his saints, which it says they wear uh, white robes, uh, re white garments reflecting the righteous acts of the saints. So, folks, if you're saved, that's you and me. We're, we're going to be following Jesus and the angels, I believe, as well. Uh, we're wearing on white horses. I I'm not quite sure how that works. Are they like Pegasuses or angels or what are they? But Jesus marches down like an army. He breaks forth out of the sky. It says that he lands on the Mount of Olives, and the impact of his landing splits the Mount of Olives and creates a valley into Jerusalem. Jerusalem is under siege by the Antichrist forces, and the Jewish people can flee out of there. Uh, he, he goes by just speaking at Armageddon, which is a big valley that runs uh, northwest uh, of Jerusalem. And there the armies of the Antichrist will be gathered because Satan knows Jesus is coming. So he tries to get the world's armies together to defeat Jesus. But you can't beat the, the creator. He just speaks. The armies fall apart. We read how the blood fills the valley up to mm -hmm. high as a horse's bridle. And uh, Jesus Christ then, he defeats the Antichrist and false prophet. He sends them directly to hell. Uh, Satan is put in the bottomless pit. The demons, I believe, are sent to hell as well. And mm -hmm. uh, for a then Jesus, for a thousand years, is going to set up a kingdom 
of peace and righteousness and justice will cleanse the world of all the devastation and he will uh, hold what's called the sheep goat judgment. Those who've accepted Jesus uh, during the tribulation, we'll call them tribulation saints, will live on in their earthly bodies into the millennial kingdom. They'll have children. And some have estimated mm -hmm. that there are so few people entering in the millennial kingdom that by the end there'll be 20 billion or so people on this earth. It'll be a time of peace and righteousness and justice. The whole world will see Jesus ruling from Jerusalem. The world will be bountiful. There'll be no uh, hunger, no poverty. Uh, the curse partially lifted. Lifespans will go as long as a, a thousand years or so. I mean, it's that's what Bible prophecy is about, Carlos. It's mm. not about the gloom and doom that's near. It's about right. the eternality of the greatness of God and his kingdom that's coming. That's right. And I mean, that's where the, the blessed hope, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, returning. I mean, that is exciting. And before we uh, we finish today, I want to, if you could, men talk about, because we dwell, like you just said, we dwell on the things that are coming, and I cover them, you know, earthquakes, uh, you know, volcanic eruptions, and the 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 uh, the plagues uh, that are going to come upon the earth, judgments of God. But if we could, if you could speak to the people, and especially to believers who may be watching and saying they're wondering about all this happening, boys. When is this? When is the? When is he coming? And you and, and you want to think about the future. If you could explain how it will be in the millennial kingdom and also if, if what the Bible, it doesn't give us a lot info, but the eternal state. Can you speak on that for a moment? Okay. Well, the millennial kingdom is actually talked about all throughout the Bible. It's, mm. it's a massive subject in the Bible. Uh, I, I talked about how, Jesus will rule and reign from Jerusalem. He'll set up a new millennial temple, which is also where his throne room is on this earth. Uh, the, the people will, will come to Jerusalem from the nations to see the Lord every day. The Jewish people that got that saved during the tribulation, and especially including the 104,000, will be a priestly people for the world. The Bible says that 10 Gentiles will grab the hem of a Jewish person and want to be yes. brought to Jesus. So... Uh, it'll be a time where uh, the land will be bountiful. It says the guy that's reaping overpasses the guy that's sowing. Uh, so it'll be a great time of bounty. It'll end world poverty and end hunger. The animal kingdom will have peace with humanity. So the little boy can stick his hand in a viper den and not worry about the snakes biting him. The wolf will lay down with the lion. Uh, you know, they won't kill it. Uh, the wolf won't kill the lamb. In other words, it's a time of great peace and gentleness. Jesus will rule. Now, there'll be people living during the millennial kingdom in their earthly bodies. Yes. And uh, so there still will be sin in the world, but it'll be greatly suppressed. Jesus rules with a rod of iron, meaning that the yes. law is absolute. And uh, those children born to the millennia, uh, the tribulation saints get to choose Jesus or not, like every other generation. Uh, right. Unfortunately, the Bible says that, you know, they'll still, some of them will still want to rebel and so God will release Satan at the end of the millennial kingdom, and he'll be a rallying point for all those who wish to rebel against Jesus. And sadly, it says untold multitudes join with Satan. And Satan's typical strategy is to get as many people as possible in an attempt to overthrow Jesus. He goes up to Jerusalem with his army, and Jesus doesn't waste any time. Fire comes down, incinerates them, and that's the end of the rebellion. 
Satan is thrown into hell and the lake of fire. A great white throne judgment happens where God will resurrect all those who are waiting, who are dead, not with Christ. In other words, they've been stored in Hades, waiting final judgment, and they will be cast into the lake of fire because their sins were never forgiven. They, they never reached out to mm-hmm. God in faith and accepted Jesus as his son. So that's where we move. There's only two chapters about the eternal state in the Bible. You're absolutely right. That's Revelation 21 and 22. So what we know about the eternal state is very little, but we know that the Lord will refurbish this earth. All the pollutants of sin will be melted away. Uh, and then a new Jerusalem, a capital city, will come down out of heaven onto this earth this new Jerusalem, and God is at the center of it. He's the light of it, and he dwells with mankind and all those who uh, are been in faith, the remnant from humanity, those who choose to be with God forever do. They live with him forever in the eternal state. So, uh, brother, I'm, I'm looking forward to not only the morning kingdom, but Glory. Glory to God. Glory to God. Praise the Lord. Well, I mean, you we've covered a lot of stuff today, and and I think this is a, a great encouragement, uh, what Brother Nathan uh, Jones has, has given. He has given a, a lot of great information. And I, and for us as believers, we are encouraged. We're, so when you're, when, when you're wondering, when you're down, you see what's happening in the world today, go to the Bible. Read your Bible. And there you will have the hope that we will be with him forever and ever and it's exciting i mean it's exciting what's coming so don't dwell so much on what is happening right now in the world before we go um brother nathan if you could because a lot of this stuff that we're talking about it, it it really applies to a lot of believers believers get excited about this stuff because we know we have that hope that blessed hope is jesus christ but for those who may be watching this program around the world who have never made a decision to say yes to Jesus. I want you to, if you could give invite those, those who, who today who have said, you know, I'm not ready for that. I'm not ready. I'm not ready to come. I'm not ready to, for that, what you're talking about. I have no idea. What do I need to do? How, how do I get ready? Can you speak to them and invite them for me, brother Nathan? Absolutely. I love the name of your program. Are you ready? How does one get ready for the return of Jesus Christ? Well, when Jesus returns, he's going to rapture up those who believe in him as their savior. Uh, John 14, 6 says, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Nobody goes to the Father except by me. And how do you go by Jesus? By putting your faith and trust in Jesus as your savior. Uh, That's the only way. He's the only way. You can't get to heaven by Buddha or Muhammad, or Vishnu. You can't get to heaven by your good works. You can't hope to get to heaven and talk your way into it. There's there's your sin separates you from God. Mm-hmm. And as long as you're separated from God, you could be, it's a chasm beyond your ability to cross. But Jesus mm-hmm. crossed it for you by dying on the cross for your sins and then beating death by being resurrected by, from the dead. And mm-hmm. so when we put our faith and trust in Jesus, then he forgives us of our sins. Our guilt is wiped clean and we inherit eternal life with him. And so if you're ready to accept Jesus as your savior, then from your heart, pray something like, dear Jesus, I am a sinner and I need salvation. Please forgive me of my sins and be my Lord and savior. 
Jesus promises he will forgive you of your sins. He will wash you clean and you will inherit eternal life with him. Then you will be ready. Amen. 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 Praise Amen. God. Amen. Praise God. If any of you made that decision to give your life to Christ, let us know at trustjesus19 at gmail.com. We want to pray for you here on Are You Ready? Because we are excited. If you say yes to Jesus, the Bible says there's a great party. Great party in heaven. People are rejoicing. There's angels rejoicing in heaven because you made a decision to come to Christ. Well, once again, Brother Nathan, I want to thank you very much. Uh, Brother Nathan Jones from Lamb and Lion Ministries, thank you for being with us. Uh, before we go, is there any uh, last words you want to share with our audience before we finish for today? Oh, certainly. Okay, Carl, 